This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, nearly 200,000 Americans are still without safe drinking water in a major American city. So we asked the federal government official in charge of the emergency response, why hasn't more been done? The humanitarian crisis in the city of Jackson enters its fourth day. CBS's Elise Preston is there as residents are told to shower with their mouths closed. How could this be happening to a major city in America? Extreme weather threat. Millions on the West Coast baking under triple-digit temperatures with no end in sight. Plus, Tropical Storm Danielle set to become the first Atlantic hurricane of the year. But is it a threat to the East Coast? Why is that important? The breaking news, CBS's Robert Costa reports on what a federal judge said about Donald Trump's request for a special master to review those Mar-a-Lago materials. I feel a weight lifted off my shoulders. And Eye on America, CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti on how one school district is hoping to fix the nation's teacher shortage by getting into the real estate market. This gives teachers hope. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Thursday night. Tonight, day four of the humanitarian water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, as frustrations grow for the nearly 200,000 Americans living without clean drinking water. Officials reported progress in repairing the city's water treatment plant, but even as the water pressure returns, the state capital and its surrounding communities can't drink that water. Some 600 National Guard troops are on the scene helping the city and volunteer groups get drinking water into the hands of residents. Thousands are lining up in the 90 degree heat. Jackson's population, which is more than 80% black, has been under a boil water notice for more than a month. And all Jackson Public School District students are learning remotely. We have a lot of news to get to tonight and CBS's Elise Preston will start us off from Jackson. Good evening, Elise. So how are people holding up? Nora, they are trying to make do, but as you can imagine, it is extremely difficult and there is no timeline for relief. Families don't even have clean water to take showers or even brush their teeth. So they're coming here to one of seven new large distribution sites. For residents like Sharon Dunson, clean tap water is hard to come by, but frustration is in full supply. I, I mean, I don't understand why we should we even go through this like this. After nearly a week, many in Jackson, Mississippi are still without reliable drinking water. Despite crews installing an emergency pump at the city's deteriorating water treatment facility a day ago. Do not drink the water. Do not use the water to brush your teeth. Uh, if you're going to drink the water, please boil it. Today, the Mississippi governor deflected questions about why it's taken so long to solve a crisis that was a long time coming. 
What we are focused on is the immediate health and welfare of Jackson residents. There will be plenty of time in the future uh, to play the blame game. This smell like dirty creek water or something. The water in Jerry White's home is no good. She's concerned for herself and her five-year-old grandson who she cares for during the day. How does this all make you feel? Well, me, it, it makes me angry. It really, it really makes me angry. Her grandson, Akeem, told us he's afraid to use the bathroom. And I need to, but I can't flush the toilet. Today, the National Guard set up additional sites to hand out bottled water by the case. Thank you. Even up in Washington, somebody needs to be trying to hurry up and solve this problem. Until the problem is solved, people will continue to be desperate to get water. Now, the National Guard tells CBS News it will remain here in Jackson until orders change. Nora? Please, Preston, thank you so much. With the emergency declaration from President Biden, FEMA is now coordinating the response in Jackson. Administrator Deanne Criswell is heading to Mississippi tomorrow. And we spoke with her earlier and asked what's being done by the federal government. Our focus right now for FEMA is handling the immediate needs that Jackson, Mississippi has. And right now, that's making sure that they have safe water to drink and that we are bringing in the resources that can do some temporary repairs to restore the water pressure to the city. Even with that water pressure coming back, residents are being told to shower with their mouth closed. In some cases, the water is brown. It's dirty. How can this be happening in a major city in America? It's an absolutely tragic situation uh, that we find ourselves right in. How are we going to make sure that this doesn't happen again and bring in the right resources, the right experts that are going to define a plan to help repair this critical piece of infrastructure and help the community of Jackson, Mississippi get back to where it needs to be? More than 80 percent of Jackson's residents are black. Has there been a lack of investment in communities of color? And is this the prime example? You know, I don't know about the investment there in Mississippi, but what I can say is that from FEMA's standpoint, when we look at natural disasters, we often see communities of color that are disproportionately impacted by disasters. And that's one reason why we have made equity a principal focus for this administration. The mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, started warning years ago about that city's water system. Why wasn't this fixed before it became a crisis? Yeah, I can't speak to the specifics on, on why it hasn't been fixed in the past. We are bringing in all of the right federal resources to better understand what it is we need to do going forward. Our interview with the FEMA administrator. Now to the weather. Out west, a fast-moving wildfire has erupted in a rural area north of Los Angeles. The root fire comes amidst a scorching heat wave across the western U.S. and has prompted mandatory evacuations, temporarily closed part of Interstate 5, and has burned more than five thousand acres. All this as Tropical Storm Danielle forms in the Atlantic after a slow start to the hurricane season. For more, let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Nora. Dangerous heat hangs on along much of the West Coast. In fact, from the coast to well inland, excessive heat warnings and heat advisories are in effect. Coastal temperatures, 80s and even lower 90s. Inland, well into the triple digits. This record heat is possible 
all the way into early next week. So through the holiday weekend, some potentially dangerous heat. Unfortunately, no significant help whatsoever for all the wildfires burning in the West. And today, a tropical storm expected to become a hurricane. However, no threat to the East Coast. We are watching this, Nora, which does look like it will become the next named storm in the Atlantic. Chris, thank you. Well, from the tropical storm to the legal storm over those top secret documents seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida home, a federal judge has declined to rule immediately on whether to appoint an independent review of the material, but has ordered the unsealing of a more detailed inventory of what was taken. Here's CBS's Robert Costa. Today, Trump's lawyers clashed with Justice Department officials in court for the first time since last month's search. Trump's team argued that the review of evidence should pause so an independent lawyer or special master could be appointed and see whether the documents are privileged. Some legal experts say that move could further complicate the investigation. If that special master is given authority to look for executive privilege, very much so, because one, it, that master would look at every document, and two, Presumably, it would mean that Trump wins some of these calls. The federal probe has already revealed the presence of hundreds of documents marked classified in Trump's possession and prompted an unprecedented damage assessment by intelligence officials. Jay Bratt, the head of DOJ's counterintelligence division, argued against the appointment of a special master. He claimed the FBI search was legally sound. Trump is no longer the president, and because he is no longer the president, Bratt said... He did not have the right to take those documents. The former president continues to maintain that he did nothing wrong when he brought the sensitive materials to Florida last year. Then all of a sudden you're leaving and stuff gets packed up and sent. Right. All sorts of stuff. You know, mostly the boxes, uh, pictures and newspapers and shirts and gear and, you know, golf balls. As federal judge Eileen Cannon mulls whether to appoint a special master, she has ordered the unsealing of a more detailed list of property taken from Mar-a-Lago. You're going to be able to see what Trump had and that it was more than just keepsakes and, and uh, mementos. It was serious national security material. Judge Cannon said earlier today that she would not make a ruling from the bench, and she has not yet made an announcement about what she will do. For now, the intel assessment of the evidence continues, as does the investigation of Trump's conduct. Nora. Still so much more to learn. Robert Costa, thank you so much. Well, a federal judge here in Washington today handed down the longest sentence yet, stemming from the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. Former New York City police officer Thomas Webster will serve 10 years in prison for assaulting police during the riot while wearing his police-issued body armor. One officer testified that he struggled to breathe when Webster grabbed his mask, cutting off his oxygen. Today, President Biden, or I should say tonight, President Biden will deliver a primetime speech at Philadelphia's Independence Hall for what the White House describes as the continued battle for the soul of the nation. And a new Wall Street Journal poll tonight finds Democrats are entering the midterms in better shape than before, boosted by independents. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. It's an unusual topic for a presidential speech, the, quote, battle for the soul of the nation. The White House says that soul is under assault by the far right. The MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. They just don't respect the rule of law. 
White House officials cite recent armed attacks on federal law enforcement, egged on, they say, by violent rhetoric from some MAGA office holders. If our election systems continue to be rigged, then it's, it's going to lead to one place, and it's bloodshed. The White House singling out Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who last week said this about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. Democracy, typically an abstract issue, has rocketed to the top of voters' concerns, too. Seven in ten of them describe voting and elections issues as very important this fall. Absolutely. I think uh, the state of our democracy is, is in peril. Lisa Dealey chairs the Philadelphia Elections Commission. She got death threats in 2020 after Trump lost the state. It has changed the way I behave. It has changed my behavior. How so? I don't really like to go places by myself anymore. Speaking in Scranton, Pennsylvania tonight, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy insisted it's the other party that is pitting people against each other. We must change direction in Washington before it is too late. President Biden is giving this speech from Independence Hall because it's the cradle of American democracy. And aides say he's giving the speech now because even as we head into the November elections, there are still so many Americans who deny the outcome of the last election. Nora. Nancy Cordes for us. Thank you so much. Turning overseas, a team of inspectors reached that embattled nuclear power plant in Ukraine today trying to prevent a nuclear disaster. The convoy was temporarily delayed by shelling in the area, with Russian and Ukraine accusing each other of trying to sabotage the inspection. It's unclear how many nuclear experts will stay at the damaged plant or for how long. One school district is looking to solve the teacher shortage by fixing the housing crisis. That story in 60 seconds. School districts across the country are grappling with the teacher shortage and communities where housing is unaffordable are being hit the hardest. In tonight's Eye in America, one district is fighting the problem by getting into the real estate market. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. Paramecium is a type of bacteria. Among the things that can't be taught in a classroom, how to keep teachers in the classroom. There's been times where, you know, we didn't have a math teacher or we didn't have a language teacher. Just south of San Francisco, the Jefferson Union High School District found a common denominator. What do you attribute to that turnover? High cost of living, 100%. Consider that a decade ago, teacher pay used to be affordable. But while salaries have gone up slightly, rents have skyrocketed. This district found a solution. Very spacious, extremely roomy. A 122-unit apartment complex approved by local voters, built for teachers and staff on school property. For the average two-bedroom unit in this neighborhood, you're getting easily pay over 3,000 a month. Biology teacher Michaela Ott's rent is nearly half that, $1,600 a month. If I hadn't gotten housing, um, it would have been really challenging for me to make ends meet. I was absolutely blown away. Jonathan Krupp has taught social science for 13 years. How important is an effort like this to the teaching community? There are no words to describe it. I, I think that this gives teachers hope. While other school districts still have vacancies, at Terra Nova High School... This year, I started fully staffed, which was huge. Principal Megan Carey says there have always been pocketbook concerns. We had a teacher who was delivering pizzas 
Meet Eric Lemsey. Gather around. Who says until he got a teacher's apartment, he couldn't coach cross country. Delivering pizzas actually pays more than coaching in this district. But having this subsidized, you know, teacher housing, oh man, it's a godsend. Yeah. What's your message to other school districts across the country? Just do it. Everyone will benefit from it. Money well spent. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Money well spent. Being able to live in a place where I feel like I can recharge, I feel a weight lifted off my shoulders. Make sense? Yep. For Eye on America, I'm Jonathan Vigliotti in Daly City, California. <laughs> you get to have such a great idea. All right, coming up next, there's some breaking news on those updated COVID booster shots. There's breaking news in the battle against COVID. A CDC panel voted today to recommend those updated booster shots to anyone 12 and older who wants one. The new boosters made by Pfizer and Moderna target the latest Omicron variants. Doses should be available within the next few days. Ahead of the busy holiday travel weekend, off-duty airline pilots launched nationwide protests today. They made their voices heard at more than a dozen airports across the country and cities, including Chicago, Atlanta, and Dallas. Pilots are demanding better pay and working conditions, saying staff shortages have caused fatigue and led to cancellations and delays. The U.S. Transportation Department launched a new website today that lets air travelers know what they're owed when a flight is disrupted. The Aviation Consumer Protection website breaks down the different rights passengers have when an airline delays or cancels their flight because of a staffing or mechanical issue. Several airlines changed their hotel and meal voucher policies before the website launched. All right, coming up. New details in that multi-state E. coli outbreak, possibly linked to Wendy's. The CDC says a mysterious E. coli outbreak, possibly linked to romaine lettuce on sandwiches at Wendy's restaurants, is expanding. At least 97 people have now gotten sick in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and New York. Many reported eating burgers and sandwiches with romaine lettuce. Wendy said it was temporarily pulling romaine from its sandwiches in the region and cooperating with investigators trying to determine the source. Wendy's says salads are not impacted. History was made in Alaska Wednesday as Democrat Mary Peltola won the special election for Alaska's only U.S. House seat. Peltola will be the first indigenous Alaskan to serve in the House and the first woman to represent Alaska in Congress. Peltola's opponents included former Republican vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin. And we'll be right back with the GOAT, Serena Williams, proving age is just a number. The magical run of Serena Williams is far from over, and her retirement will have to wait. At last night's U.S. Open, the 40-year-old tennis superstar showed why she is simply the greatest of all time. CBS's Nancy Chen was there. The numbers were not in her favor. After competing in only a few tournaments this past year, she was the 605th ranked player in women's tennis. But Serena Williams has always known how to beat the odds. Are you surprising yourself with your level? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just Serena, you know, so. And just Serena continued her triumphant return, beating 26-year-old Annette Contivate and advancing to the third round. 
I've had an X on my back since 99, so it's kind of fun, and I, I really enjoy just coming out and enjoying it, and it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. Tiger Woods was there to celebrate, along with a record-breaking crowd. What was it like watching her tonight? I just look at her, and she's inspirational. She's inspirational to all women. It's also a family affair. Daughter Olympia, who turns five today, marked Monday night's win. And sister Venus will join Serena on the court tonight in doubles for the first time since 2018, writing the next chapter in this storybook run. Nancy Chen, CBS News, New York. I've been watching every night and it has been thrilling to watch. Congratulations, Serena. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. And remember, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Good night. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.